today we're reading from um, Luke uh, 17, if you've got your, your Bibli. Um, and verse 20, Luke 17, verse 20. Being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them, the kingdom of God is not coming in ways that can be observed, nor will they say, look, here it is or there. For behold, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. It's among you. So it's not like a scientific measurement. And he said to the disciples, the days are coming when you will desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and you will not see it. And they will say to you, look here or look here. Look there or look here. Do not go out or follow them. For as the lightning flashes and lights up the sky from one side to the other, so will the Son of Man be in his day. But first, he must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation, just as it was in the days of Noah. So will it be in the days of the Son of Man. They were eating and drinking and marrying and being given in marriage until the day when Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed all of them. Likewise, just as it was in the days of Lot, they were eating, they were drinking, they were buying, they were selling, they were planting and building. But on the day when Lot went out from Sodom, fire and sulfur rained from heaven and destroyed them all. So will it be on the day when the Son of Man is revealed. On that day, let the one who is on the housetop with his goods in his house, not come down to take them away. And likewise, let the one who is in the field not turn back. Remember Lot's wife. Whoever seeks to preserve his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life will keep it. I tell you, in that night there will be two in one bed, one will be taken, the other left. There will be two women Um, together one will be taken the other left Um, and they said to him where Lord and he said to them where the corpse is there the vultures will gather and then he tells a, a parable he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart he said in a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man and there was a widow in the city who kept coming to him and saying Give me justice against my adversary. For while he refused, but afterwards, he said to himself, Though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow just keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous judge says, and will not God give justice to his people? who cry to him day and night. Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, he will find... Well, nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? So the first question they have is all about, we want to see it, we want to measure it, we want to be able to weigh up what this thing is like. He's saying this isn't something really that you weigh up and measure up. But then at the end, he flips it around with this story, and the way he kind of closes it is by saying, actually, forget about will you find this, 
I'm saying to you, well, I find faith here. Well, the Son of Man finds faith when, when he's here on the earth. He flips it completely the other way around. They're talking to him about this day of the Son of Man. They're talking about this kingdom, and they're asking these sorts of questions. And one of the things that Jesus um, kind of does is he starts to break down two illustrations of complete kind of disaster. Because, you see, the way when they would talk about the day of the Lord... When you and I talk about the day of the Lord, or when we hear it in church, the way we always talk about it is like the day when Jesus comes back. That's like the day of the Lord. That's like the day of judgment. Stick whichever phrase or name you or label you want to stick on it. Now, the way they understood that terminology wasn't the way we understand it. So there were many days of the Lord. It wasn't like there was this one day. There were some that had happened. There were some that were still to come. There were all different stages. There were moments for them in their eyes and in their language and context of like real calamity like what goes around is coming around Justin Timberlake is being fulfilled right in this moment like you have reaped you shall sow what goes around goes around comes all the way back around it has come back around and it is biting you in the ass and it is today and that is the day of the Lord so you've been getting on with all your stuff you've been doing all these these things and you've been getting away with it so far well the day when the day of the Lord comes well bang that's today and that's right now and so when they would speak about the day of the Lord and they would ask these sorts of questions um, and when they would talk about it in their context it wasn't always as in this ultimate final day where everything is judged everything all comes down to this one moment and that's it that's not to say there isn't a day which is an ultimate day of the Lord but it's just not how their conversation and what's in their minds as they're discussing this it's not just that it's it, it's got layers to it so they're going through this so while they're going through this conversation that's why Jesus brings up two days of the Lord he brings up Noah and he, he points out to them guys when the whole Noah shebang was going on like people were getting married there were people who had their weddings rained off in ways none of us can imagine like you were ready to take those wedding photos and boom you got hit with a flood and you ain't ever recovering from that. That is like, that is, that is it. That is not like, oh dear, it rained on my wedding. My dress got a bit wet. I looked a bit stupid in front of the photos. I was covered in mud. No, boom, you all died. He's like, people were getting married. People were having their big day and it came and it, and it was gone. And then he goes, not just the day of the Lord talking about Noah. He then moves on to like Lot and he moves on to like Sodom and Gomorrah. And what he says of them is he goes like, man, they were doing their thing. They were eating, they were drinking, they were doing this, they were doing that. And then Lot leaves town and boom, that place gets hit with some sulfur. And that place is just completely gone. And then what he says, is he says this one little coin phrase, which has been spoken about time and time again, which is remember Lot's wife. Remember Lot's wife. And so then Jesus goes on to say like, listen, in the day of the Lord, in that moment, don't be turning back for anything. Don't be turning back for anything. Turning back for something tells you everything. It tells you absolutely everything that he needs to know in his situation. He asked the question at the end of this conversation after his illustration, will I find faith in Israel? Like, will I find faith? Will the Son of Man, when he returns, when he comes, will he find faith? Will it be there to be found? And the reason he's asking this particular question is because how you act in that moment when you see everything coming together or that situation is coming 
how you respond in that moment determines everything. So let's say so if you have a really bad ingrained habit, like a really bad habit that you've got in your life that's just festering under the surface, when you are working towards a strict goal that you really want to achieve, that you really care about, and something goes wrong, when something goes wrong with that goal that you're aiming for, that dream, that pursuit you have, the first thing you do is you stop pursuing that goal and you turn straight to that bad habit. And that is where you spend your time. And so when Jesus is talking about this, and when he's talking about Lot's wife, the place they were in, in Sodom and Gomorrah, was this place that was living totally opposite to God. It was a brutal place where rape was in, in the story um, leading up to Sodom and Gomorrah's complete destruction. Rape is a part of it. There were guys wanting to rape another guy. There were all sorts of things going on there that were just so horrible. This taking from others, this, this deprived place. And then it, when she's leaving with her husband, she somehow has some sort of value in the identity of that place and she turns back. And in the story, the way it's recorded is, God had said to them, whatever you do as you leave this place, do not turn back. Don't even look back. Just keep going. Keep focused on the plan that I have for you, of the goal that's ahead of you. And Lot's wife turns and it tells you everything about her and where she's at. And it tells us everything about ourselves. Because if you can think of times in your life when you're really working towards something, when something really matters to you, but there's a hiccup and then you just bang. Some people it's like, man, I am straight in that fridge and I'm straight with the ice cream. For some people it is boom, I'm straight to that glass of wine. Something's gone wrong, I need that alcohol. Something's gone wrong for some guys, people, some guys I know, it's like, man, I was doing great, I was on it, and then something went wrong, and bang, that's it. They're straight, they're rolling up, they're, and they're, they're taking drugs, and they're like, that's what they've got. And now they feel comfortable, and now they're at ease again, but actually they've stayed in that same place. They've turned back to what's there. And so you see, when Jesus talks about this, and we're talking about this, the day of the Lord is like a crunch. It's a crunch moment. It's a defining moment. It's a, it's a fearful kind of judgment situation. It's a coming to the end of the road in something. And so when they talked about Noah, he's saying they're getting on with their lives. It happens. He talks about Sodom and Gomorrah. They're getting on with their lives and it happens. But when these defining moments come in your life that hit you and take you out when you never see them coming, what is it you end up doing? What is it you end up doing? Now, the story that Jesus ends with is of a widow. And she's going to the judge. She's been treated wrongly. Stuff's been taken from her, maybe. Um, once her husband died, if she weren't able to keep up payments, she'd have lost her home. All sorts of things could have happened that she's in a situation where she's been dealt with badly. So she's going to this judge and she's not letting go. And she's banging and she's banging on about it and banging on about it. They're robbing me. I don't have power. I don't have anyone protecting me. No one is looking up for me. No one's taking care of me. And so she's banging on the judge like, don't forget me. Don't forget my case. Don't forget my case. I'm being mugged off. I'm being taken to the cleaners. I'm being violated. I'm losing what's mine. Don't you forget me. Don't you forget me. And Jesus says, listen, you can have a judge who's not even that great at what he does. You can have a judge who doesn't even care about justice. But you can have a judge in that situation that is getting hounded so much. He's like, it! this woman needs to leave me alone. And the only way she's going to leave me alone is if I give her what she wants. And if you've ever been in a relationship with a woman who doesn't let you 
<laughs> move on with something without her keep banging on about it, you realize pretty quick, I'm gonna give in because this is never gonna go away. She's never gonna leave this alone. I'm caving. And in this story, Jesus takes that illustration and he says, this is how you gotta be with God. And he says, God is good. God isn't even a waste man judge who doesn't care. He actually cares about you. He will be there. He will meet with you in this. And so what he says is they've been talking about these big, huge crunch moments. And he says, the defining thing about you and the defining thing about me is when the big crunch moments happen, what do we do? Is it ice cream that we go to? Is it the booze that we go to? Is it spending money like a shopaholic to comfort ourselves? The new pair of shoes, the new handbag. Is it, is it in drugs? Is it in an unhealthy situation? Is it, found in, is it found in sex? Is it found in, in pornography? Is it found in all these different types of things that when things happen, this is where I fall back to and this is where I turn around and go to when that hits the fan. Or, or when everything falls apart, am I like this widow coming to God? This is my situation. Don't forget me. 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 Like in Lamentations. Remember us, O oh God. Remember us. The thief on the cross, remember me this day in your kingdom. Remember me. When you're in your kingdom, remember me. Is that us? Is that me? Or do I turn away to something else? Now today, I, I mean this week, I've had a crazy... I've gone from having a great week to a terrible week this week. And this morning, waking up, Jodie had gone to Ikea yesterday. And she... She's got some bits and pieces, and they're doing this great delivery service where they'll be, be there at 7 a.m. in the morning. And you barely slept the night before, and you're kind of like a bit cross-eyed, and all of a sudden you're like having to, to get things. And then there's these boxes, and you're like, oh, this is awesome, this is great. And then we open it up, and it's like, oh, that, that's, that's, not, that's not the color object we wanted. That, that is white. We totally wanted a gray one. And you're like startled and you're shaken and you're like, oh, you're not really with it. And then you're a bit like, oh my gosh, why is this happening right now? And the day before, you've been having electrics done because the lights don't work because I don't even want to say why they're not working because it's just depressing. And so you're having all this stuff done that you're paying for and you're trying to get fixed and all these different types of things. And then you realize there's this, this leak and the leak is worse than you thought it was. And you're trying to now find out what the source of the leak is. And you find out the source of the leak. And there's all these things just building up one thing after another. And then you're like, oh, great. Sunday's coming. I get to enjoy opening IKEA boxes. And you look in and it's the wrong color. And you're not going to be sitting on that piece of furniture today. And you just want to scream out, why do you hate me? Because it's all out of your control. Why do you hate me? Like, what have I done this week, God? Why do you... Ah! It just peed off. And then Jody goes into the other room. And while the electrician had been doing his stuff, I'd been trying to fix stuff because I'd stuck this wooden block on the... to screw the curtain rail in. And I've stuck that there and you can't open windows because the wooden block overlaps it. And Jody said, you better deal with that. So I'm dealing that while I'm dealing with stuff, turning fuses off, turning fuses back on again. And I've screwed... I've, got rid of this wood that I tried to cut that I couldn't cut the way I wanted to cut it and I'm starting to feel like I'm an idiot and then I'm on the phone to Zach going like Zach here's a picture man tell me how do I cut it he goes man you got the wrong saw you could not cut that the way you want to cut it with that instrument like you're not even just an idiot like you couldn't actually do that if you wanted to and I'm like oh man he goes but I'm not being funny he says um 
you know, a house, I think houses are built the same way in America. I, I don't think you need that wood at all. And then, you know, it's kind of like, you just want to throw the phone at the wall because you've been cutting in triangles to try and get this thing right. And you're like, cut your hand, well, brushed against my hand. But you're just like, oh my gosh, this is ridiculous. And then in that moment, Jody goes in. She's upset about the, the chair. She's gone in there, she's tired, I'm tired, we're both exhausted. And then she goes to just open the curtains and that work that you thought was a masterpiece comes crashing down on the floor. And then she's going, Andrew! And you're like, oh, God! Oh. And then everything's going wrong and then your wife has this word of wisdom. She's like, it is 7 or 8 a.m. We need to pray before things get worse. And do you know what? I found out which person I am in this story. I refused to pray. I, there's no way I was, I was not praying. I said, I'm not praying, I'm screwing. I'm not praying, I am screwing. I'm screwing that thing back up there and then we can pray. And she's going, no, we need to pray, we need to pray. I'm like, yeah, great, you can take that prayer. I'm screwing this back on the wall and I'm sticking it there. And then that's it, and I'm in there screwing that, and she's going, this is a bad idea, and I'm just like, no, no, it's not, and then break a bit of that, and then I have to do it a bit lower, and then I'm screwing that in there, and then at the end of it, you just, oh, absolutely exhausted, frustrated, you haven't, you've solved it, but you haven't really solved it, it's just bubbling under the surface, and then my wife's going, oh, we really should have prayed, we really should have prayed, and then your day carries on from there, and flows out, and flows out, and flows out, and before you know it, you find yourself in a place where you're sitting there, and you're like, oh, this is ridiculous. How all these, it's like death by a thousand paper cuts. It's like, I am bleeding out. And all I have to show for it is lots of paper. Like if I sit with someone and they go like, man, why are you so messed up today? And you just be like, all right, you list it all. And they're just looking at you like, are you on crack? Are you okay? Like, have you hit some heroin or something? Are you taking hard stuff? And you're there, and you're just in this place, and I'm, I, they got to a point where I was just completely emotionally just burnt out for the day. And then it comes to that moment where I'm just like, I want to have a go at God. And I, I really want to give him a piece of my mind about everything. And then he says, Luke 17. And then you read it. And you're like, oh, did you have to kick me in the nads? <laughs> Did you have to kick me in the nads by saying I should have listened to my wife and done what she said in the first place? And I would have avoided all this long roundabout hardship if I'd just come back to that place. Because sometimes when we face situations and when everything's falling down around us, when we have a day of the Lord, now my day of the Lord is not comparable to Noah's flood. It's not, and I'll give you that. But when we have one of those days and we just try to push through it and we just think, well, I'm just going to fix this. I'm going to do this in my own strength. What we find is we feel like we fixed something because actually the curtain rail is now more secure to that wall than it had ever been before. Like, I defy someone to take that down. You will need to hit it with a baseball bat um, or a golf club. Like, it's secure. But actually, I didn't fix anything. Because I didn't fix anything for me, and I didn't fix anything for Jody. All I fixed was the rail. All the underlying stresses and tensions were all left there. There's a beautiful, sacred thing about prayer, 
And that is that prayer is the only conversation you will ever have that is without any filter. We talked about it before when we did that series, hashtag no filter. It's the one conversation where you don't have to change how it is. Like I can play something up or I can make it less than it is to you. I can be like, oh, like it's nothing, it's nothing. When actually inside I'm thinking I want to end my existence on this earth. You wouldn't know. I've played it down. Prayer is this one conversation where we can come to God and we can tell him exactly how it is. No, no, no nonsense, no BS, no dialing it down, no pumping it up. We can just say, this is where I'm at. This is how I am. And that is why Jesus shares this story. Because ultimately, he's speaking about a moment in time, and they're asking questions about a moment in time that's bigger than everything else that we could face. But ultimately, it applies across the board, that we face these moments when things go wrong in our lives. And when things go wrong, it asks questions of us. And we will go to whatever habit we have that defines us most. When actually, what Jesus is saying here is, he's saying the safest place you can go is not to your habit. The safest place you can go is to come to a conversation where you can talk to me about any filter, where you can find healing, you can find rest, and you can find peace. And I wish I'd done that this morning, because I would have had a much better day. And so today, I'm not kind of sharing a talk from, um, I've got it all together, but from trial and error. I never want to have a Sunday like I had today, because although there were paper cuts, totally could have faced all that stuff in a different place because I'd have come to the right place. And when we don't do that, everything stacks up. Um, Yeah, I'm going to pray for us and that'll be um, it for today. Father God, I thank you for your faithfulness. We are totally unfaithful, Father. And Father, we face all sorts of different crises and moments and small ones, big ones, medium-sized, world-ending ones. I mean, the ones you listed were the loss of an entire city and the other one you listed was the, the, the whole world flooding. So you went ham. Um, but we have moments when, when rails fall down. We have moments when babies we hope will be born aren't born. We have ones where friendships are dead and gone. We have ones where jobs are lost. We have ones where dreams are shattered. We have ones where confidence is hit. We have, we have tax letters that come through the post. We have all sorts of different shapes and sizes. We have families, situations that can just be the biggest thing ever. But Father, we know we can come to you with any of those, just like that widow did. We don't have to be facing a tsunami before we come to you. Father, may we learn in the midst of even the small challenges, the medium challenges and the big challenges, that we should come to you in prayer before we make a mistake, before we go the wrong way, before we allow a day or a week or a month or a year or a decade of ours to be hijacked because of the decisions we made to not connect with you in that moment when we needed you the most. Father, this week, may we know you in a new and a fresh way. May we encounter you completely afresh Lord and Father may we come to a new place where when these types of situations occur we would run straight to you that in the safety of that conversation we can find the correct path and that we can stay close to you Lord remember Lot's wife I pray we remember her Lord in Jesus name Amen